Good morning. Welcome to St. Paul's. So great to see so many faces here today. This week, the Beijing Winter Olympics started, and people streamed over there from all areas of the globe, getting ready to compete on the slopes and on the ice, and even do the curling. We love watching that curling. But before they compete, before they go out and represent their country, they have all kinds of training. There's discipline. There's focus involved. This morning we'll hear about how Jesus calls people to go and represent him and bring his message to others. Over the course of the Epiphany season, we've been seeing how God encourages us to come and gather together. Well, today... We gather together for a faith to spread. We'll follow along using the order of service that's printed out for you in the bulletin or projected on the wall. We'll begin with our open hymn, hymn 483.
Lord, open my lips. Hasten to save me, O God. Give glory to God, our light and our life. Lord, you call and appoint us to proclaim the good news of your Son despite our sins and weaknesses. Purify us by your grace, remove our uncertainties, and work through us to fill the nets of your kingdom with those lost in the darkness of death. Through your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Please be seated. When people go and represent their country in the Olympics, they get to do that because they are so qualified, because they are so gifted. Not so with those who go and spread God's word. Isaiah, he trembled. He was deathly afraid, a sinner in the presence of a holy God. But because the Lord atoned for his sin and ours through Jesus Christ, he says, go, and we can say yes. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphim, each with six wings. With two they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying. And they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory." the sound of their voices, the doorposts and thresholds shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Woe to me, I cried, I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Then one of the seraphim 
flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. With it he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away, and your sin atoned for. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? And he said, Here am I. Send me. This is the word of our God. We continue with the anthem.
Our second lesson for today is taken from Romans chapter 10, beginning with verse 12. With the Olympics going on, they want people to watch that. Yet you need to know what time the events are on and what channel you can tune into. How are you going to know? The same way, how are people going to know the message, the good news that God has for them? He chooses to use people like you and me. For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news. But not all the Israelites accepted the good news. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our message? Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word about Christ. This is the word of our God.
Please stand in honor of the gospel. When you're going to compete in an Olympic event, you have to know the rules and you have to know the turns of the course and be ready for that. Peter thought he knew how to fish, but he learned when he encountered Jesus that day on the Sea of Galilee that he had so much to learn. So he left everything and followed him. May everything else in our lives take second place to following Jesus. One day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little more from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' feet and said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed him. This is the gospel of the Lord. Please be seated for our next hymn, 907.
I just love it when the kids sing. And I wish we could switch perspectives. I wish each of you could sit there and just kind of look out when the kids are singing. I wish you could see the smiles. They were there. I won't point you out, but I saw a few tears. But I think the biggest thing is just the countenance, the, the joy, the, the whole facial disposition, the posture you have at seeing and hearing the Word of God presented to you from those who truly just have a childlike faith. I love it when the kids sing. The bigger question, though, is does God? Does God have the same smile on His face? Does God accept what they're singing and doing? Does God love what they are praising Him with? And that's actually the first few lines of our lesson today where he gives you his answer. It says, For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Well, absolutely God loves this. Absolutely God loves the praises people bring. To him, when they call on his name, absolutely does God appreciate all of the things that all of us brought to him today, who called on his name. Do you know what that means, to call on the name of the Lord? It means to pray to him, to praise him, to worship him, to give thanks to him through faith in Jesus Christ. Through faith in Jesus Christ, God loves all of this worship. God receives it. God stands ready and welcomes all of it. God loves this. And he's honored by it. You understand if that's the case. If God loves all of these things through faith in Jesus Christ, if God loves those who call on him through faith in Jesus Christ, you understand then what the critical component for every single person to have is, right? The critical component for every single person is to have faith in Jesus Christ. Without faith in Jesus Christ, no one will please God. Without faith, there is no prayer that God will hear. Without faith in Jesus Christ, there is no praise, no worship, no thanksgiving, no song that God will love. Everything comes to a complete standstill. So faith must be brought to people. Do you understand how much work goes into that? How much God does behind the scenes to supply that faith to people and bring that to them so that they meet the requirement God has for eternal life? Listen to these questions. It says... How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? You cannot conjure up your own faith. You can't self-start faith in yourself. Faith must be supplied. How can you call on the one they have not believed in? If you don't believe it, you, you can't all of a sudden just start like a switch all, all by yourself. And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. 
faith must be supplied to people who don't have it. It has to be brought to them. And for faith to be brought to them, they have to hear and, and receive and have presented to them the message God has revealed. And for them to hear the message that God has revealed, it means there have to be people who have that message and who take that out to other people who don't know about it yet. Do you know what that requires? Parents who give their children over to the Lord. Parents who train their children in the word of God. Parents who at their own expense make sure their kids grow up in the word. Parents who are willing to give up their kids and to have them sent anywhere around the globe to people who don't yet know the word of God and who may even not receive it well. So, so it takes parents who love the Lord, kids, training, funding, school, sacrifice. And the whole concept behind these questions that the Apostle Paul asks how can they this? How can they that? How, if they don't have this, can they do that? The answer behind all of these things is God is willing. God is willing to address every one of these things. God is willing to provide parents who love the Lord. God is willing to provide kids who are handed over to the Lord. God is willing to have those parents subsidize and pay for the, pay for the education. God is willing to have parents give up their kids to send them far out and abroad to people who did nothing for it to people who gave nothing to this not one cent to people who deserve nothing from God and yet by this message he gives them everything for free at God's own expense revealed in Jesus Christ how beautiful indeed are the feet of those who bring that good news. That's a miracle. And by that miracle message, God brings Christ to people and either creates or strengthens faith. And so in the message of Jesus, God is revealing to the world, to, to people who don't know him, look at what I did. I sent my son far from home. I sent him from heaven down to your earth. And his life was a mouth of perfect praise, a life of perfect worship, a life of perfect prayer. The most beautiful song. His life is the perfect one given for sinners to be that perfect substitute, to go to a cross, to suffer and to die for the world of sinners, every single one of them. And to rise from the dead. So that through this message, through this message about Jesus Christ, God would create faith, God would strengthen faith, and God would build people up. Because that's what the gospel does. The gospel is that power of God to do that very thing. 
The Apostle Paul said it straight up when he wrote, faith comes from hearing the message. Faith is created through this message about Jesus. And the message is heard through the word about Christ. This message is powerful. This message saves sinners. And yet, maybe it begs the question, why aren't more saved? If this message is so powerful, if this message saves sinners, why don't more go to heaven? And the Apostle Paul says that. He puts it in the context of the Old Testament. If this message is so powerful, why weren't more Israelites from the Old Testament saved? They were surrounded by this gospel day in and day out. They had the sacrificial system. They saw there was going to be a coming Savior who would save sinners. Why weren't more saved? Romans says that too. Paul asks that very question. But not all the Israelites accepted the good news. That's an understatement. Most of them didn't. But not all the Israelites accepted the good news. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our message? That's the crux of today's lesson. Right there. The question is not, why weren't more saved? He actually begs a deeper question. Why weren't they all saved? Why didn't every single one of those Israelites go to heaven? If the gospel is so powerful, if the gospel saves sinners, if they were surrounded by this gospel message that brings faith to people, why didn't every single one of them go to heaven? Why didn't every single one of our confirmands in the last nearly 160 years of the history of this congregation, why didn't every single one of them go to heaven? Based on statistics, why won't every single one of these singers this morning go to heaven? Why won't every single student that sits in our classroom, why won't every single one of them go to heaven? Isn't that the purpose of the school? Isn't that what we want? St. Paul's congregation is in a, a district of churches called the Northern Wisconsin District. The district stretches from Sheboygan over to Fond du Lac, goes up to Appleton, Green Bay, goes even into the UP, goes into Door County. It's, a, it's one of the largest districts in the Wisconsin Synod. Do you understand that on average in this district, only about 40% of worshipers show up on a Sunday morning? 40% of the members in our churches in this district. That's incredible. Why aren't they all saved? Do you start to see the great big problem, the great big problem that goes all the way back into the Old Testament with people who are around the gospel every single day of their lives too? The great big problem is not with God. It's not that he doesn't stand ready to receive all the worship and praise from people who call on him. It's not that God is not willing to take care of all of these behind-the-scenes things and make sure that gospel message is getting out. It's not that God is not willing to create and strengthen faith in the hearts and lives of people. He puts it out there through this message. The great big problem is not with God. It's with the people. Why do we not treasure this message? 
why do we not look at this message as if it is the greatest thing on the face of the earth? Isn't it? Israel learned that lesson the hard way. Surrounded by this message day in and day out, they took it for granted. Ah, they showed up when they felt like it to the three major festivals. They turned it into just like a family affair. This is just tradition. This is just what we do. And by the end of their lives, so many of their hearts got stubborn and they rejected it and they turned away from it. And now they have an eternity to think about what they lost. Do you know what I want? I want every single one of these kids in heaven. I want every single one of you in heaven. I want every single one of those kids in the grade school in heaven from here on out. I want every single person in this Howard's Grove and greater Howard's Grove community, I want every single one of them to go to heaven. That's why I became a pastor. But more importantly, so does God. Do you understand that is the great will of God? And every time he reveals the gospel about Jesus Christ, that's what he's revealing to you. I want all of you to come to heaven. That's why I gave my son. That's why I sent him into your world. That's why I had him go to a cross. I want you to know that this day your sins are forgiven in Jesus Christ. I want you to know that through faith in Jesus Christ, Heaven is open to you. I want you to know through faith in Jesus Christ, you, every one of you are going to rise from the dead and you are going to live. That's the power of the gospel. That's God's own promise to you. So here it is. Here's the most incredible message, the saving message of Jesus Christ for sinners, every one of us. That God is ready through faith in Jesus to receive your praise and prayers and worship. That God is willing to take care of all of this stuff behind the scenes. That God is so powerful to get this message out to create faith and strengthen faith in your hearts. Here's the message. What are you going to do with it? How will you shape your home? How will you make sure your kids have it? How will it affect your life tomorrow? How will it affect your life next Sunday when the kids don't sing? Here's the greatest message on the face of the earth for you. What will you do with it? Amen. Please stand. May the peace of God which surpasses our understanding guard and keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. We continue with the Te Deum.
Congregation may be seated, and at this time we invite forward the officers, board, and committee members for the installation. Go ahead and line up in front of the first step there. Yeah, and you're welcome to come up a step or two if it helps just to make room. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, in holy baptism, our Lord Jesus Christ freed you from sin and death and made you members of his body, the church. Through word and sacrament, you have been nurtured in faith. The Spirit has seen fit to give you gifts for serving on behalf of our congregation. You have now been nominated, elected, or appointed to positions of leadership at St. Paul's, whether that's officers, board, or committee members. The Lord says, it is required of those who have been given a trust must prove faithful. He asks you to carry out your duties to the best of your ability, using your gifts to his glory and for the good of his people. And the same Lord who has given you gifts for service will give you strength to use them faithfully and will bless your work in his name. As leaders in our congregation and those who serve in our congregation in these ways, it's also important to set an example for your families and for your fellow believers in your Christian living and your faithful use of the means of grace, God's word and sacraments. These will empower you and guide you in your tasks. And so will you carry out the positions to which you have been elected or appointed according to which the ability God gives you? If so, answer, I will, and I ask God to help me. I now install you as officers, board, and committee members in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. At this time, we'll pass the microphone to everyone, and we ask that you say your name, please, and then the committee or board that you're part of. Dave Wehrman, uh, elder. And we'll turn and face the congregation as you say that, please. Tom Lash, elder. Mike Austin, elder. Eric Stuck, recording secretary. Lynn Lynn, Angela's in committee. Jim Mike, financial secretary. Amanda Grunewald, stewardship committee. Josh Grunewald, stewardship committee. Brandon Liss, stewardship. Melissa Liss, stewardship. Thomas Cameron, board of ed. Brittany Strzelski, evangelism committee. Zach Theobald, board of education. Edward Strauss, Elder. Justin Redoux, Board of Education. Mark Eichhorst, Trustee. Don Johnson, Evangelism Committee. Clark Kleinox, Trustee. Eric Eichhoff, Elder. Bev Gum, Evangelism. Melissa Hummer, Stewardship. All right, uh, you're welcome to turn back around. 
And if the congregation is interested in uh, learning more about the different members of those boards, they're listed in your bulletin and announcements on page 16. And over the course of the next few weeks, we'll also be getting all of their pictures on the bulletin board down there between uh, the commons and the school wing. Members of St. Paul's, I urge you to regard these leaders as servants of Jesus and gifts to his church. Please pray for them, support them in their service, and help them so that through the gospel ministry of our congregation, more people will hear and believe in Jesus as Savior and Lord. We would also at this time like to thank those members whose terms of service have come to an end. May the Lord graciously bless you for your service in his name. You may depart in peace. At this time, the congregation is invited to stand for the next part of the service. In the morning, O Lord, I call to you. Be merciful to me and hear my prayer. Lord, we praise you for giving us the most important message ever, the word about Christ by which you give us faith and salvation and eternal life. Help us to view it as the most beautiful sound. Grant that we may grow in it and pass it on to all around us. Holy Spirit, thank you for providing and equipping servants in your church, in the officers, board members, and committee members who are installed today. Please bless them in their leadership and their service in this year to come, that your word may prosper and spread. And in Jesus' name we join to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, Almighty and Everlasting God, you have brought us safely to this new day. Defend us with your mighty power, and grant that this day we neither fall into sin nor run into any kind of danger. And in all we do, direct us to what is right in your sight. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. Amen. Let us praise the Lord. Be to God. The Lord bless and keep you. Amen. The Lord's face ever shine upon you. Please be seated for the closing hymn.
Thank you so much for joining us in God's house today. Special thanks to the children and their teachers and parents who helped prepare the anthem, as well as all the other musicians uh, bringing their talents in, in glory to the Lord this morning as well. And the AV helpers and ushers too. A couple of announcements. Between services, we will have uh, a continuing on the unit of James in Bible study down in the gym. And we'll have Sunday school and child care offered down in the school wing. Uh, it came out this morning that our youth group meeting needs to be rescheduled for next weekend. So they'll have a youth group study between services next weekend as well as the youth rally meeting after late service next weekend. Also for all the board and committee members, uh, please try to find our secretary, Aaron Redu, between services and get your photo taken for that in, in the commons for that uh, bulletin board. Then we also have an announcement from Alicia regarding the upcoming Shape Your World event next Saturday. Good morning. There we go. Good morning. Um, I'm excited to talk to all of you today. Uh, as a part of Mindful Moms in our preschool, we're running a Shape Your World event again next week, Saturday. This is a part of a three-series event. If you can only come to one, if you want to come to three, it's for young families, um, ages zero to five, with their caregivers, parents, grandparents. Um, and it's Saturday morning, February 12th, from 10 to noon. And then the next one is March 12th, from 10 to noon. We have tons of crafts and activities and a little Bible lesson. And it's a wonderful time to just come and hang out with other parents and other kids. Um, we would ask that if you're coming, if you're able to, please register so that we know how many kids we're preparing for. Um, the registration can be found on the website. You can talk to me about any questions. You can also talk to Anne Marone or Molly Meitner. They would all have answers about kind of what the event is like. Um, but it's just a really fun time for the little kids to get the whole gym has, there's like 30 different things that they can do. Um, so just wanted to invite you all to that. And while I have just two seconds, I want to highlight the PTF pizza orders are also due uh, today slash tomorrow. So if you are ordering pizzas, it's also uh, due really soon. So thank you. Thanks, Alicia. Our last announcement that I'm aware of for today is the February Wells Connection. Hello, I'm Wells President Mark Schrader. Big versus small. When it comes to schools, we might assume that big schools have more opportunities, while small schools have a friendlier atmosphere. But Michigan Lutheran Seminary doesn't fit the mold. Instead, it offers the best of both worlds. It's homecoming at Michigan Lutheran Seminary, with all the excitement and school spirit that you might expect. While this event has all the hallmarks of a big school game, Michigan Lutheran Seminary is better known for its small school atmosphere as a place where everyone knows your name. It's really nice just because you have 
So it's like a family bond with like everyone here. Everyone is just so welcoming and it feels like you just have a lot of siblings. Many of the students live in dormitories, which fosters lifelong relationships with friends who share a common faith in Jesus. It's just like the best place. Like you're surrounded by other Christians and all your friends go here too, so it's really nice. We gotta trust each other. Like much larger schools, Michigan Lutheran Seminary has a full slate of extracurriculars and a wide range of off-campus experiences to help students learn to express their Christian faith in many different settings. They have opportunities to go out into congregations and schools uh, to shadow a pastor, to learn from a teacher in the classroom, to really get that hands-on experience so they can say, I love this. Skeleton, we talked about it on the video. On campus, students also have unique opportunities to learn about the world, including through the first-hand stories of the school's many international students. Andy Liu, for example, was barred from worship in his home country, China. I definitely do appreciate this a lot because back in China, we, we had to hide our Bibles. The government actually found out that our school was teaching about the Bible, so they actually shut it down. There are people on our campus that don't believe they fit in. Studying the Bible, learning to share the Savior, remains at the core of Michigan Lutheran Seminary's purpose. That mission is most visible in Twice Daily Chapel. But it's part of every class, every activity here. As a preparatory school for high school-age students, this campus is dedicated to preparing the next generation of pastors, teachers, staff ministers, and missionaries. I would really like to teach music or maybe elementary. Helping them grow in their faith, I just, that just seems so, just an amazing gift to be able to help them. So, can you tell me, what are some things that we notice? While visitors to this school might first notice the state-of-the-art facilities, anyone who spends time here will see something much bigger, the love of Christ that guides every hour of every day, with a special goal of shepherding the next generation of leaders who will serve you at your congregation and around the world. Michigan Lutheran Seminary has a positive student-to-faculty ratio, which means the faculty and staff get to know each student as an individual, modeling the kind of one-on-one -on -one care and commitment that called workers bring to congregations like yours. Yeah, we're very blessed in our Synod, our church body, to have our two prep schools. I went to Michigan Lutheran Seminary. I serve on the governing board there now. Pastor Miller taught there for a while, and he went to our other prep school, Luther Preparatory School here in Watertown. Uh, and we have one of our own members going there too, Elise, uh, Pastor Miller's daughter. So wonderful blessings those schools are to provide more messengers with beautiful feet to go and share the gospel. Are there any other announcements for today? All right, if not then, please greet one another before you leave the sanctuary, and we'll see you again soon.